The Mystery of Time. As session deepens, uh, we lose our sense of what uh, day it is. It's like the names of the day, days kind of peel off in the rain somehow and our experience emerges fresh as though washed free of, uh, of temporal structures with this we feel we can breathe a little deeper yeah as intimate rain we feel we could breathe a little deeper. With intimacy with the other, and yeah, who or what is the other? Yeah. With that intimacy of grey sky, soft rain, as us, we begin to experience the world uh, as as timeless. Uh, this, even as we know that time is running out, there is an intellectual countercurrent that always runs in here. Uh, Hongzhou's notion that when silence, uh, the vastness, is embodied uh, there is illumination and there is uh, wonder. And some of that wonder is that, that feeling that, that the, pass, the actual tick-tock uh, of passing time is fainter or simply not there at all. This is not to say that TikTok doesn't have its home here as well. All of this comfortably embraces TikTok. Um, no problem. Uh, regarding the ancient Khan, the ancestors' words, um, as noted throughout this session, there is no uh, time barrier. That's the experience of it. Cultural barriers, translational difficulties, sure, no problem. But in terms of uh, the mountain slopes are brocaded with flowers, the valley streams are flowing blue as indigo, no time barrier uh, at all. This not least because those very words are it. This matter of no time barrier evokes the question of who are your true contemporaries? This extends beyond strict contemporaneity, if you, if you will, clearly. And I want to recount Eduardo Galeano's story, True Contemporaries, from his book of Embraces, uh, a book which I love and have been drawing on stories from this book for probably the 30 years of my 
teaching and haven't quite exhausted it yet. I do recommend it. Yeah. In the Book of Embraces, Uruguayan author Eduardo Galeano introduces us to the poet Juan Gelman and the question of true contemporaries. Who are my contemporaries? Juan Gelman asks himself. One says that sometimes he comes across men who smell of fear in Buenos Aires, Paris or anywhere in the world and feels that these men are not his contemporaries. But there is a Chinese who, thousands of years ago, wrote a poem about a goat herd who is far from his beloved and yet can hear in the middle of the night, in the middle of the snow, the sound of her comb running through her hair. And reading this distant poem, one finds that, yes, these people, the poet, the goat herd and the woman, are truly his contemporaries. The question is, who are your true contemporaries? Eduardo Galeano was a Uruguayan journalist, writer and novelist, as well as being a champion of the left who fought for the liberation of oppressed people in Latin America. He was considered to be global soccer preeminent man of letters, and regarded by some as a literary giant of the Latin American left. We can get a sense of the Dharma as it plays out in Galeano's book, especially in his concluding piece, which is titled The Gust. The wind whistles within me. I am naked, master of nothing, master of no one, not even of my own convictions. I am my face in the wind, against the wind, and I am the wind that strikes my face. In this spirit I ask you, if that is Galliana, who are you? Juan Gelman was born in Buenos Aires in 1930 and died in Mexico City in 2014. A celebrated poet, his published output includes more than 20 books of poetry. Gelman, like Galeano, was a committed human rights activist. Exiled from Argentina after the military coup of 1976, he lived in Europe, the United States and Mexico, where he ultimately settled. In 1976, his daughter, Nora Eva, aged 19, his son, Marcelo Ariel, aged 20, and his pregnant daughter-in-law, Maria Claudia, aged 19, were kidnapped from their home, becoming three of the 30,000 people who were the disappeared, who vanished during the reign of the right-wing military junta. Nora Eva survived, but Goldman's son and daughter-in-law were killed. In the face of such tragedy, we can only imagine how shattered and heartbroken Gelman must have been. In the face of his struggles and the agonies of his life, we can understand why he may have sought and found contemporaries 
elsewhere in time. Yet consolation is not the chief theme here, important and understandable as it is. Rather, it is intimacy across time that is in play. Distance and duration have no purchase here, for when we realise who we truly are, the gap between past and present dissolves in the softest of avalanches and there is no time barrier at all. This is the timeless intimacy evoked by Wu Men in his commentary on the first case of the gateless barrier. When you pass through the barrier of the gateless gate, you will not only interview Chao Cho intimately, you will walk hand in hand with the ancestral teachers in the successive generations of our lineage, the hair of their eyebrows entangled with yours, seeing with the same eyes, hearing with the same ears. Won't that be fulfilling? With this encounter, the old teachers live in us as us. They are our true contemporaries as we are theirs. In the sound of the, in Eduardo Galliano's Art and Time, the sound of the woman's comb running through her hair casts such a net of intimacy across the centuries. It dissolves the distance between the goat herd and his beloved. It disperses the time barrier between the unnamed Chinese poet living who knows when and the 20th century Argentinian poet Juan Gelman. Between the unnamed Chinese poet and Galliano recounting Gelman's story and us reading it in the 21st century. The poetry of this small intimate act carries such depth and resonance. Robert Aitken once said to me, the way is grounded in genuine experience and poetry. In the light of his words, the poetic image of the beloved's comb going through her hair in the middle of the night, in the middle of the snow, evokes the unfathomable experience of who we truly are. Words heard or read so deeply, so intensely, that everything else vanishes. Such experiences are timeless and they defy adequate description. There is a sense that our true contemporaries, no matter how distant in time they may be, come to life as us. Our lives too, with our falling in and out of love, are eternity's opportunity and its song. Although the music unfolds in time, immersed we lose our sense of time's passage. In music in particular, time is permeable and we are permeable. The deeper we live the way, the more our conventional notions of time 
are nudged towards the edges of our experience. Time is inexorable, granted, and surely sickness, old age and death bear down. And yet past, present and future are increasingly gathered into this puckering of time we call now. Which is no other than our true face and home. When we experience like this, we come into our own and our own beyond any ownership is immeasurable. I want to um, introduce a passage from Carlo Rovelli's book called The Order of Time, which is a book on quantum physics. And it says, uh, uh, John Banville, writing in the Irish Times, says, physics has found its poet. Um, it's a beautiful book. And the stuff on quantum physics is difficult, and I'm still very much struggling with it. You'll be relieved to know there are no mathematical formulae. Maybe there's one mathematical formula in the entire book, but it's still very, very challenging. But um, he explores you know, the notion of, within the quantum realm, there is no time or space. Uh, moves from there into Einstein's space-time notions where time is entirely local, depending on the speed you're travelling, um, or depending on um, you know uh, how far you are from a uh, how, uh, if you, time moves more slowly on the top of the mountain than below. My granddaughters are delighted with this stuff. I can't believe how happy they are to hear these things. You know, to have universal time just dissolving away like that, um, and clock time, which is I think for Newton was a rather imperfect way of conveying universal uh, time anyway. Um, certainly brought into question. So, yeah, so this, he writes, the book eventually merges from all of this into very, very general considerations about uh, time. And um, this, just a few words um, from The Order of Time by Carlo Rovelli. He writes, Our understanding of nature has increased vertiginously over the course of the centuries and we are continuing to learn. We are glimpsing something about the mystery of time. We can see the world without time. We can perceive the mind, with the mind's eye the profound structure of the world where time as we know it no longer exists. Like the fall on the hill who sees the earth turn when he sees the setting sun. And we begin to see that we are time. We are memory. We are nostalgia. We are that longing for a future that will not come. The clearing that is opened up in this way by memory and by anticipation is time, a source of anguish sometimes, but in the end a tremendous gift. A precious mirror that the interplay, infinite play of combinations has unlocked for us. He's talking about time. A precious miracle that the infinite play of combinations has unlocked for us, allowing us to exist. 
we may smile now. We can go back to serenely immersing ourselves in time, in our finite time, to savouring the clear intensity of every fleeting and cherished moment of the brief circle of our existence. This touches, uh, you know, no time, uh, and yet there is the moment, and yet we return to that finite uh, thing. They are there together. To say like left foot and right foot walking would be too loose indeed. Uh, they are more intimate than that. So treasure the time that we have here in this truly great session um, which you have created. Uh, truly precious. <laughs>